0: the Family 30 series, and we have uh, this week and next week, of course, we have our guest speaker, Ted Cunningham. I can't wait for him, but I have enjoyed this. I, I still think back to week one, when we had the family prayer time, and the highlight that that was, where people were praying together, texting people, giving phone calls, saying, hey, I prayed for my family. I hope you didn't just do that once, but you continue to do that. I love the launch of Go Kids University, and again, please give us your feedback on that. We want to make this the best uh, possible midweek ministry for kids. And I love seeing parents with their children, ministering with their children, and you teaching them, us helping you have the assist, and we're giving you the assist, and we're helping you with the win. And I love that. I also love that hundreds of people have come to faith in Jesus Christ. In this series, uh, last week and a couple weeks before, we've seen hundreds of people... Join the family of God. And I think here and at all of our campuses, come on. That deserves a hand clap of praise. The family is growing. It's a beautiful thing. And um, today I want to talk to you about the titles that we hold. There are titles that we hold. And I want you to think about what are the titles you hold. I thought about all the different titles that I hold. And I think there's only a few left um, that that are in my immediate family that I don't hold yet. And they will hopefully come to me someday. But I think about this. I hold the title of son brother, uh, husband, dad, I'm a son-in-law. That's another title that was given to me. Um, I, I, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I'm an uncle, I'm a cousin. I mean, you think about all the titles that you have and uh, the, the ones that keep growing. Some of them you, you are born with, some of you, them you choose, but there are titles and they keep expanding. And um, I just want to say this, if you have the title of mother-in-law, we love you, okay? Tell your mother-in-law you love her. No more mother-in-law jokes. You love her. And I I, I heard somebody the other day that said, this is my mother in love. And I was like, okay, it's weird. All right. Yeah, I I just couldn't get there. I was like, all right, but, you know, whatever title. Anyways, we love mother-in-law. But, again, we're born in these titles. We choose these titles. And the Bible has a lot to say about the roles and responsibilities that you have. And if you could figure out which ones you own and those are yours, why not even do a word search and see what does the Bible have to say about it? I mean, just for instance, I looked up son, there are 2,544 references to the word son. The word father, 1,103. The word daughter, 462. Wife, 325 references. So there's all these references where you can go and just even look at the word of God. It's talking about these titles. So it's really good that we can look at this today and jump in. And I want us to live up to the titles. Because when we don't live up to the titles, that's where so much of the problem, the trouble, enters into our life. The problems. I mean, we have these titles, they've been given to us, and when you don't live up to the title of son or daughter, whichever one you have, the Bible talks about a foolish son is like a weight to the family and a burden. And it's, it's a bad thing. The Bible talks about, you know, the, the dad that is not doing the right thing and not living up to the title and how it affects the whole family. So I'm, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, please live up to the titles that you've been given. Live up to the titles that you've chosen. Now, um, I would say this too if there's a title that you're thinking about someday and and you're not for sure that you're ready for it please don't take a title you're not ready for I mean maybe you're single and you want the title of husband or wife and you want that title and you're not sure if you're ready You're not sure if this is the right person I can remember when I first started doing weddings I I was thinking you know I was getting ready to do my first wedding I thought what if they back out What if they, like, what if I'm ready to do my first, I know how to do it if they go through with this, but what if they back out? What do I say? So I called a a veteran minister and I said, hey, I just thought of this. Like, what if they back out of this? And and I said, what will I say? He said, you will go out in front of all those people and you will say, the couple has made a wise decision. They've decided to not grab onto that title and enter into marriage because they're not sure. They've made a wise decision. I was like, oh, that's good. And then he said, tell him, let's go eat. Let's not waste the food. You know what I mean? So it's good advice. Good, good mentor, you know. All right. So don't grab a title that you don't really want. You're not ready to grab hold of. But please, please, please live up to the title. Um, a lot of people feel guilty with titles. You feel guilty, you know that you're not perfect in the title, and I'm not asking you to be perfect in the title, but I'm asking you to live up to the title, to know that there's a responsibility with the title, and to be moving in the right direction with that title. I know that uh, surveys have shown that moms, uh, wives and moms, they, they have the greatest guilt when it comes to titles. Everyone has some, but moms especially, they just feel like, oh, that weight of the title. The, the wife feels the weight of the title. And, and, and a lot of ladies, when they're asked, like, do you have regrets? Do you wish you could do it over? Do you feel uh, responsible, like it didn't work out the way you thought it would? Do you have this? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. So I want to speak to the ladies for just a moment, uh, just for the title that you have, and it's, whether it's wife or mom. Um, Proverbs 31, I want to give you some freedom here with Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 is not a job description, okay? Proverbs 31, just so you know this, it's a poem of praise by a husband. It's him saying, my wife is amazing. He wasn't trying to say like, this is how the lady should have, it's not a checklist for guys to be like, well, check, check, potential, you know what I mean? That's not what it is. It's a poem of praise where he's saying, you know, my, my wife is amazing. And it's a poem of praise. Just, you know, it's also not song lyrics, another wedding. I was doing a wedding, and this guy said, I want to sing a song that I wrote for my wife. And, and all the ladies are like, oh. And all the guys are like, oh. <laughs> all right, let's go. And so the guy sings it, and he's like, it's from Proverbs 31. And I was like, Okay, and he starts singing, he goes, you are my merchant ship. You know, from verse 14, and I'm thinking, dude, no girl wants to be called a merchant ship. Who did your pre-marriage counseling? I mean, seriously, she might want to be that somebody to love, one to jump into cold, cold water for, or one less lonely girl, but she does not want to be a merchant ship, all right? So Proverbs 31, there's some great things in there, but I just say this, ladies, You know what it is? They're principles. They're principles. The the writer of this, he's saying, I'm praising my wife. She's amazing. And he's really talking about she's amazing in our marriage. She's amazing at work. She's amazing with the money. She's amazing as a mom. She's amazing with our reputation. You get the point. It's not a checklist. It's praise. And so really, ladies, there should be more weight on your husband right now that he needs to come up with a way to honor you and to write a poem, and not a song, about you and to say how valuable you are. And guys, we have help for you at the end of the service, all right? So with these uh, titles that you have, I'll use my life because, uh, you know, these are the titles that I've had. But again, son, daughter, wherever you fit into these titles. But um, my first title was son. When I was born, you know, the doctor said he's a boy. And my mom and dad said, we have a son. And then they gave me a name. And the very first title that I had was son. Uh, I, I suppose right after that, they called my uh, grandparents and said, you know, we've had a son. And now they you know, I had a new title, again, grandson. And so the titles were coming in right away. But the title of son and, or daughter carries with it this, that if, you're, if you have that title, you need to give honor to your father and mother. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise. If you have the title of son or daughter, honor them. Give them the honor and the respect that they deserve. You really, if you're going to live up to the title of son or daughter, the very first title that you're given, you could apply Proverbs 10.1 again to sons or daughters and say that a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. You want to bring joy. If you're a son or a daughter, if you have that title, bring joy. And, and I could tell you this be thankful for their godly direction that they give you and the way they've helped to raise you in the ways of the Lord. I mean, many of us, when we're sons or daughters and we have that one title, we want more titles and we want to uh, have some freedom. And many of us want more freedom than our capacity to handle the freedom. So thank God for a, a, a timely no. That your parents give you because they have the title of mom or dad and they're living up to that title but be a godly son or daughter and and live up to that title that god has called you to live up to later in life you'll have an opportunity to live up to that title again you have the opportunity of course you're living up to it but you go and you live your own life and then you have an opportunity later in life to take care of your mom and dad when they get older And I want to say, please, please, please take care of them with honor and respect. Jump into that role of son or daughter that you can still function in while they're still on this earth. When my dad was dying of cancer over 10 years ago, my brothers and I, we got together and we said, we're going to help take care of dad. And we each took turns. We each took a day or a part of a day. He was starting to lose the ability to use lots of his body. And I can remember one day he was just so sad and he just said, you know, we're praying for his healing. We're, he's going in for chemo, doing all the stuff that he can, radiation, all the stuff. And I, I can remember he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry you have to do this for me. And I started to cry. I said, Dad, it's an honor. It's an honor. As your son, I want to do this role while I can. I want to honor you. I I want to be the one that's taking care of you right now, and I want to live up to that role right now. It is an honor. I didn't want it to go down like this, but this apparently is the way it's going out. I am going to be your son. I'm going to live up to this role. I'm here. And I, I said no to a lot of things around the church, but I said yes to the role that was my very first role. And I would just say this. I know that Pastor Lindsay at our Minneapolis campus, she did the same thing when she was taking care of her mom and dad. And I said to her, she was like, Pastor Rob, I feel so, you know, I can't. I said, listen, live in the role that you, only you can live in right now. Fulfill that role. Grab hold of that. Bring honor right now. And make sure that you give honor on their way out of this earth to their eternal reward. As they go to be with Jesus, you give them honor. Yeah. And I would say that to you, live in that role if that's your place in life right now. Now, there's another um, role that we can live into or live up to. That is uh, brother or sister. You know, after my mom and dad had me, um, they I decided to have another child. Why, I don't know. But no, they did. It, he's great. And then a couple more. And, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the, the title of brother or sister, you got to live up to that title. That title uh, carries with it a lot of weight that you may not realize uh, most of our brothers or sisters are our examples, especially the older ones. And so if you're an older brother or sister, please live up to the, the responsibility and way of being a good example. And you should all be strengthening each other as brothers and sisters. But there's an article in Huffington Post that said four or five Americans grow up with brothers or sisters. So a lot of us have this title. And even though we share the same genes, there's something that's a greater connection than biology. There's a connection that is a deep bond of family that's saying, this is your brother, this is your sister, love them, take care of them. And, and I believe the enemy's attack against brothers and sisters is sibling rivalry. He starts to get you to think that the way that your brother or sister is wired is better than the way you're wired. He starts to get you jealous of the things that your brother or sister can do. And God has uniquely wired each one of us to do different things. And you need to celebrate who you are. And they need to celebrate who they are. And you need to celebrate each other. And if I could say to parents, please don't add to sibling rivalry by having favorites. I mean, you'll have children that have different giftings and different likes, but you need to love them the same and love them and pour it out. And if, if your son or daughter is into something that you're not into that much, you've got to love your daughter and, and get into that. You've got to love your son and get into that and support them the way that they are uniquely wired by God with their giftings. Don't play, don't play favorites. We see it in the Bible. But we see sibling rivalry with Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. These brothers are supposed to love each other, and the one kills the other. We see um, Jacob and Esau in Genesis 25. We see a sibling rivalry going on. Again, mom and dad playing favorites. One loves one, one loves the other more. And then they deceive each other. I mean, Jacob deceives his brother Esau, and then he has to run away from the family. He's a fugitive. He doesn't even have family around him anymore. And it's not until God does a, a, a miraculous thing that he's able to restore his relationship with his family. He wasn't there for his mom and dad's death, but he's able to finally come back and restore it because God did something in his family. And maybe you're here with your family, you're like, my brother and I, we don't talk. My sister and I, we don't talk. We're, we're, we're away from each other. Do everything you can to restore the family bond. Do everything you can. You say, well, it needs a miracle. Well, God did it once, he can do it again. Pray for the miracle. Don't give up on the miracle. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You'd think that Jacob would learn, you know, sibling rivalry and favorites would be bad, but he doesn't. Jacob goes and does the very same thing that his dad did to him, and he has a favorite son. He's got these 12 boys, and he has a favorite. I mean, if you have something in your family that you don't like, that you've seen from generation to generation, pray that it will end in Jesus' name. Pray that you won't continue. Matter of fact, go up forward with a prayer team member. Call it out. This is something I see in our family history. I don't want it to happen anymore. I don't want to build on it anymore. I want a new uh, legacy. I want something new in my life. But he goes and has a favorite. And in Genesis 37, Joseph's telling his brothers, you know, hey, I had a dream. You're all going to bow down to me. And they're like, we don't like you. You're our least favorite brother. Your dad's favorite, but we don't like you. And the Bible tells us, that his brothers go and bury him in a well. They're going to kill him. I mean, that's what they were going to do. You talk about pain in a family. And then his one nice brother, Judah, says, hey, let's not kill him, let's sell him. That's his nice brother, let's sell our brother. And so they dig him out and they sell him and they sell him away as a slave. I mean, great. Well, the story tells us that the brother Reuben, All of a sudden, there's a moment where he like, wait, i got to live up to the title. I'm his brother. So he goes to dig him out of the well, and he's gone. He's like, what have you done? What have you done? We sold our brother? Are you kidding me? We've got to live up to the title. We're brothers. We're family. We don't do this. And in that moment, I guarantee you all the other titles he owned were affected by that. I think his title is son. How many know every time he looked at his dad, he's like, dad, I'm lying to you. Inside, he's saying, dad, I'm totally lying to you. He didn't die. We sold him. But he can't ever tell his dad his truth. So he's like living in a lie. So that's got to affect him. How many knows when he gets married, he can't tell his wife what's going on? How do you feel about Joseph, your brother that died? Sad, sad. He can't tell her the truth. So he can't even have that bond in marriage to the way that God wants it. All those things are affected. Here's the thing. If you blow it with one title... Ask God to forgive you and get back on track, or it'll ruin all your titles. It will, and don't let one thing derail you from all the other titles. Ask God to get you back on track. You've got to live up to the title. We're supposed to love our brothers and sisters so much that the writer of Romans says this in Romans twelve ten. He says, "Like be devoted to one another in brotherly love." Honor one another above yourselves. He's saying, be devoted. The word that's used there for love is brotherly love. He's saying, love each other like family and, and love your church family like you love your biological family. Well, if we love the church how you love the family, how would it look around here? You're sitting in my chair. Out, you know? I hate you. Silent treatment. Get out of my room. You'd post signs up. No one allowed. You know what I'm saying? It could get worse. We're supposed to love one another so much that the church can love and care and defend each other like family. I don't know where Connor and Logan got it from, but they used to say all the time when they were growing up, we're brothers, we're on the same team. And they're like, come on, defend each other. We're on the same team. That's what God would say to us. Live up to your calling, brother, sister, Live up to that calling, so that the church can look beautiful because we can love each other the way you love your siblings. All right, husband and wife—that's another title that you can own. All right, husband and wife. Uh, I will say this: I won't talk a lot about this because we do have our marriage nights. And I do want to stress that whenever we have a a church marriage night, just trust us. We're bringing in an amazing guest speaker that's going to have about a one-hour marriage night, and they're going to speak and pour into it. It's just a couple times a year. Just bank on it. Don't say, I don't know if they're any good. Even if you don't know them, they're going to be good. We had Ted Cunningham. He was amazing. He'll be here next week. But husbands and wives, live up to the role, and we we want to pour into you and, and have that almost be a whole separate sermon or teaching, if you will. But mom and dad... Mom and dad, that's another role that you need to live up to when you decide to have children, when you adopt children. It's a role that you need to live up to, a title that you need to grab hold of and say, I own this, I live up to it, and I'm going to go into it. Now, I will tell you this. Every role, every title that you've been given kills selfishness in you more and more. Okay? How many know that if you get the title son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, it's all about you? You start to get the title of brother, it's about them as well. And you're sharing, right? I can remember when I went to Bible college and I got a private room. It's the first time in my life since I was two years old that I had a private room. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, I always had to share with one of my brothers, whichever one I wasn't fighting with, you know. After a while, mom and dad would rotate us around, keep us, you know, new blood, you know, to pick on. But anyways, that's good parenting advice there, uh, but you have to, you know, you have to live up to this, and say, you know what, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live up to this title. And when you live up to these titles, they they start to kill selfishness in you. The brother, the sister, kill self. You get married? How many know you better die to self? How many know if you have children, it you you kill even more selfishness. I was talking to my mom. She said that is true. But when you become grandma, you get to be selfish again. So, anyways, from my mom. All right, but live up to those roles and kill the selfishness because if you don't, you might lose the title. You might lose, if you're a selfish person, you may lose those titles. Now, with this title of, of mom and dad, I will tell you this. There's a responsibility to give spiritual training, vocational training, to serve, to train them, to raise them up. And you need to live in that responsibility. Again, we're trying to help you as a church. And I love this. I was golfing with a couple of guys uh, two weeks ago with uh, some of the guys from our Indiana campus. And we were golfing. And they were talking about our baby dedication class. We believe that you should dedicate your children to the Lord. We see that Jesus was dedicated to the Lord. And so in our class now, um, we didn't always do this, but we started to do this now. We give you a, a jar of legacy marbles when you go to the baby dedication class. And in that moment, they tell you there's a marble in here for every week of your child's life up to age 18. Every week, take one out, leave it on your shelf, and look at the role that you're playing in their life and how much time is left to influence them before they would leave your home at age 18. And I, I just, it's a, they were saying how neat of a thing that is, that it helps them to live up to the responsibility and the role of like, that's That's who I am. I'm I'm dad. I'm mom. I have a responsibility to my child. I want to live up to the title, and I want to grab hold of this title. Now, there might be titles that you never hold. Let me talk to people about that for just a moment. You may never hold the title of husband or wife, but you hold other titles. And I want to say this. um, Let the titles that you own right now shape you. Let the titles that you own right now shape you. And please don't feel at this church, if you don't have that title, husband or wife, that we think of you as a second-class citizen. The Bible says that if somebody is single and is able to serve the Lord, they don't have the distractions of marriage. They don't have that weight that is there. They, they, They can devote more time and more dedication to serving the Lord. And so whether you're single or married, we praise God for that. And I just, again, want to tell singles, you are valuable. You are blessed in this church. You are honored. We have single deacons. We, we believe, single pastors, we believe in this. And I just want to say, use your time for the glory of God. There might be titles uh, for others that you had and you lost through death or divorce. Maybe you're a father and you lose your child and you lose that title. Maybe you're a wife and you lose your husband and you lose that title. I just want to say the church is standing with you and I thank God for our life groups that deal with grief recovery and divorce recovery and helping people as they've lost titles. And they're saying that used to be part of me. And I I just thank God for those of you that say I want to help others that have lost that title. And And I just there's a place in this church God says we will fill in the gaps for you we will grab hold of you when you lose a title and I want to speak to the church when somebody loses a title we need to jump in there and stand there with them when somebody loses a title holder when a child loses the title holder, they're like, I no longer have mom. I no longer have dad. Let's step into that and say, God, we desire to, to step into that title for them. We want to help them in that role, and the church will be there. God says he's stepping in. He says, I'm a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. He said, is God in his holy dwelling? He's like, that's who I am. I'm, I'm, that's who I am to them. He says, I care for them more than any mom could ever care for them. In Isaiah 49, 15, God's saying, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? And he's talking about this intensity. He says, but even if that were possible, I could not forget you. God's talking about how much he loves his children. And he's saying, I love you. I'm a father to the fatherless. I love you more than your mom could ever love you. God talks about in his word that he places the lonely in families. I love what Psalm 68, 6 says. God places the lonely in families. And he's placed the lonely in a church family. And church, we've got to step up to this. We've got to step up to this and say, you know what? We will help those that have lost the title holder, the dad, the mom. We will help those that have lost their title. And we will step in there and we will, we will stand in the gap for them. I believe God placed you here in this church for a reason. And he's saying the church can be the family around you that wraps its arms around you, that helps you when you lose a title or when you lose the title holder. Jesus said this. He said, forever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He's saying those of us that are doing the will of God, we're in that family. We're in that family and we're standing here together. Let's step into that role when when people have lost them. I I know that I saw this ministry. It was called The Mentoring Project, and their website is thementoringproject.org. Saw another great thing called All Pro Dads. I believe it's allprodad.com with Tony Dungy, and I saw him talking about it, and he was talking about step up. Step up, and and step up not only for your family, but step up for somebody else's family. There's enough to go around. Like, go ahead and be the strength that people are needing. Because here's what happens. When they lose the title holder, you know what happens? All sorts of forces jump into that vacuum and try to grab hold of those kids. They try to grab hold of those kids, and those evil forces try to steer them down a road of destruction into gangs and into all sorts of things. The stats just go climbing when someone loses the title holder. And they're saying, come on, step into the gap. Don't let evil take the place. Don't let that poor girl grow up with daddy issues. Let her grow up knowing a loving heavenly father, a church that cares for her and that steps into the gap. That's what we need to be. As a close, I want to give you a tool to show thanks, but I want to say this, one more charge to moms and dads for the title that you hold. I just want to hit this one more time. It's Family 30. There's a day set aside Mother's Day and Father's Day. There's a day that we set aside uh, for moms and dads. My kids asked me, they said, when is kids' day? I said, every day is kids' day, <laughs> except for Mother's Day and Father's Day, all right? but you know. There's a day for mothers and fathers, and I just pray this, that your day would be a day of honor, that it wouldn't just be a day of procreation, but it would be a day of honor that you loved your children, you mentored them, you poured into them, you blessed them, you cried warm tears down your face praying for them at night, praying that Jesus would be formed in them, that they would find their mission, that they would find a godly mate, that they would fulfill their destiny for the Lord. Let that day be a day of great, great honor. Now a great way to, to give honor, we want to give a tool on the way out. I love this. It's the Family 30 Honor List. And Yours won't look like this because I've written on mine already, but yours will be blank, and everyone will get one on their way out. We wanted to give you away a tool. Remember, Proverbs 31 is like a, a poem of praise. Again, you could have this opportunity. You could just write points of praise. And it has a blank. It says, blank is valuable to me because. And then we just want you to write it in and be able to say why that person is valuable to you. And here's how I'd love for you to use this. As part of the series, I'd love for you to use this by saying these things to that person. I don't really want you to send a text or a phone call unless you just can't get in front of them face to face. But I'd love for you to get in front of them face to face and read to that person why they're valuable to you. Husbands to wives, wives to husbands, parents to children, children to parents. You get the point, to grandparents, why they're valuable to you, and you can read it out. I think you could make this a tradition at birthdays and anniversaries. Instead of just celebrating, yay, you lived another year. Yay, you made it in marriage. Why not say why you value, why you highly esteem, why you honor and be able to do this? And so as an example, you just would have these things and you could read them to the person. That's one way to do it. But if you really want to go to the next level with doing this, Read this to the person in front of other family members and affirm them in front of your whole family and watch what God does to the atmosphere. Watch what God does as you give honor and you esteem them. I wrote this one down for Becca and uh, I just put Becca as valuable, valuable to me because of her love for God. It's so hot for God. Because of her love for me, I've never questioned her love for me. Becca's valuable to me because of her discipline. She's the most disciplined person I know. I love, she's valuable to me because of her attention to detail, because of the way she's been the mother to our children, Connor and Logan, because of the way she gladly meets my needs, because of the way that she walks out the call of God in in her life and in my life, because of the way she prays and intercedes. She's incredibly valuable to me. I see her worth. Because she knows my shortcomings and still loves me. That's an amazing thing because she's beautiful inside and out. You can do something like this. Men, a poem of praise for your wife. Children, a poem of praise for your mom and dad. Dad, speak this over your children. How much more valuable. I've watched children almost like just bow up. Because when their parents say a word of encouragement, a word of grace, uh, a word that lifts them up. Maybe you say, no one's ever done that over me. Well, you start it in your family. You start a new tradition and you start to bless and honor. I pray you take this and just not just use it once, but make it part of your family and say, we will honor at birthdays, anniversaries, special day. Do it then. Do it then and then go up at the funeral and then you can read all the cards instead of saying all the things you wish you would have said. So, Lord, I pray right now for all the families here that they'd grab hold of that, they would live it, and their family best would happen right now. Right direction, family best, honor, living up to the titles they've been given, the titles they desire to hold, and and making a difference, Lord Jesus. Living up to those titles. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen.